Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. You're at the right place. Our number, 877-381-3811, There was an absolutely, utterly pointless hearing in the United States Senate today, the Senate Judiciary Committee. Absolutely pointless, because all the Democrats kept trying to do is tell the Attorney General of the United States that they felt he misled the American people with a four-page letter. This is truly bizarre. Not only is it a lie, but it is truly bizarre. This report is over 400 pages long, ladies and gentlemen. 90% of it was not redacted, that is, was not whited out. It is public if you want to see it. You can purchase a copy on Amazon.com, or if you're smart, you can download a copy on your computer. Every member of Congress can, their staffs can. Who's hiding what from whom? Well, we don't like the conclusions the Attorney General reached. Well, who cares if you don't like them? Is that where you're having a hearing? Well, he misled the American people. Not only did he not mislead the American people, but why does it matter since the report is out there for everybody to read? Now, Mr. Mueller seems to have objected to the fact that he wasn't getting the spin that he wanted, that he wasn't getting the narrative that he wanted. Is that the role of a prosecutor? Is that legitimate? That he writes the attorney general and later talks to the attorney general. He's not happy with the way the media is treating the attorney general's four-page letter. First of all, as I said last night, when the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes were recipients, repositories of leaks from Mr. Mueller's office, among others, trying to show the distinction between the Attorney General and Mueller. And, of course, we all know Mueller's noble and the Attorney General's the devil now, right? What was the point of those leaks? To try and create a pseudo-issue, a non-issue. To try and put the Attorney General in the worst light possible and the special counsel in the best light possible. So we know who did the leaking. But all that said, what is the point of this hearing? The vast majority of the report's been released despite the fact that the regulation, which is the law in this case, doesn't require it, despite the fact that the Attorney General has the final say, despite the fact that Mr. Mueller did not seek to indict the President of the United States, and he himself told the Attorney General, the Deputy Attorney General, and others gathered on more than one occasion that it had nothing to do with the, the almost half a century long position at the Department of Justice that you cannot indict a sitting president. Because Mueller could have objected to those opinions. He would have failed, but he didn't. 
He could have made a big issue of this, even in his report. He could have said in his report, I wanted to indict the president of the United States, but the rules say I can't, the opinions say I can't, the attorney general says I can't. Did he write that in his report? No. Why? Because he couldn't indict the president of the United States. There was no basis to indict the president of the United States. (coughs) That's why. And so we have this hearing. These hearings, which are, which are clown shows. Well, the Democrats are still fighting for collusion. They're trying to make the... Who is this idiot from Oil Island, this guy, uh, what's his name, Whitehouse? Shelley. Shelley Whitehouse. Yes, yes, Shelley, Shelley. What a clown. Well, I was a U.S. attorney. You're a schmuck. Shelley Whitehouse and the others trying to make the case for collusion, or trying to make the case that, that somehow Bill Barr was obstructing. Obstructing what? Let's be clear about something, ladies and gentlemen. Let's pull back. I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. This president could have issued privilege, privilege claims dozens of times to prevent documents from going to Mr. Mueller, to prevent witnesses from testifying to Mr. Mueller. I'm not saying once. Dozens and dozens of times he could have done it. He didn't do it once. This attorney general could have said under the law, you know what, I'm not going to share any of this report with Congress or the public. As a matter of fact, I think it does a grave injustice when a prosecutor writes a report if he doesn't bring any any charges. And so I am going to stand up for the rule of law and justice, and we're not going to issue any of the report, period. The president didn't do any of that. The attorney general didn't do any of that. They did the opposite. The attorney general basically says, look, I'm going to give you as much of this report as I can, and I'm even going to use civil servants and other lawyers around here. And he also made a very interesting point today. One of the reasons it took two, three weeks to get this report out with the 60 secret grand jury testimony redacted, minimally, but nonetheless redacted, was because Mueller didn't redact it. That is, Mueller, Mueller insisted on putting it in his report and then refused to identify it for the attorney general. So all the heavy lifting had to be done by the attorney general and the deputy attorney general and their staffs. And then Mueller throws this issue of obstruction to the Attorney General. What he really did is he didn't bring charges of obstruction because he couldn't. There's no case. It doesn't matter how many mental midgets dressed up as legal analysts and senior this and so forth on TV say otherwise. It doesn't matter. The proof is in the pudding. These prosecutors were trigger happy. They They were indicting people all over the place. But they didn't hear. They didn't even try. They didn't even make an argument for it. Instead, they did something that is notorious for its tyranny. They accused an innocent man of likely obstructing justice, of probably obstructing justice. And then they lay out their They're examples of why they think he probably did. And we're not going to exonerate him. 
much like James Comey said, you know, what? we're not going to charge Hillary Clinton. He didn't have the authority to say that any more than Mueller had the authority to say, well, we're not going to exonerate. These are rogue law enforcement officials, rogue prosecutors. President of the United States did nothing. The attorney general did nothing to stop Congress from learning anything through this report. They knew Mueller would write a report. And yet, the President of the United States did nothing to stop him. I'll even go a step further. When we had an independent counsel statute, when Ken Starr was operating and Lawrence Walsh and so forth, as a matter of federal statute, those who are significant to the investigation, who are mentioned in the report, have a statutory opportunity to write a reply. I can tell you in the Iran-Contra matter, I represented Attorney General Meese with Landmark Legal Foundation. I wrote the reply. The reply, as a matter of law, had to be included in the independent counsel's report. The President of the United States, he could even put a reply in this report. That's how outrageous this is. The President of the United States could have said, I'm the executive branch, we want to see the report, so I can decide whether to make privilege claims against Congress. Forget about Mueller. He's done against Congress on this report based on separation of powers grounds. He didn't do that. No privilege claims during the investigation. No privilege claims on the issuance of the report. No withholding of the report. Just some redactions from the report. All presented to the American people all presented to the United States Congress. And what do we hear all day from these lowlives? These lowlives on this committee? This same committee that tried to destroy Kavanaugh? What did we hear from these lowlives? Cover-up. Sell-out. Worse. Worse. And now we have the House, Mr. Nadler. Probably the dumbest of the bunch. Mr. Nadler had a vote on his committee. On his Politburo. And imagine that. The Democrats outvoted the Republicans. You know what they voted? That committee staff can question the Attorney General. As if this is Watergate. To try and create the environment that the media want. To keep banging the drums and banging the pots and pans. To keep making noise about something that never happened. And you know what? Mr. Barr, we should be thankful for this attorney general, has just said, well, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. You don't get to make these extraordinary changes to try and create these, this political atmosphere as if some, I'm some kind of Defendant. I'm not a defendant. I'm the Attorney General of the United States. I am upholding the Constitution. I am upholding the rule of law. And I will do it, even in the face of the Democrat mob that's taken over the House of Representatives and our media. This man has courage, unlike Mueller. But what does this tell you? About the members on the House Judiciary Committee, the Democrats who voted, that staff should ask questions to. What does this tell you? It tells you that these clowns who've been elected to the House of Representatives and serve on the 
Democrat side of the House Judiciary Committee. These clowns are too stupid to know what kinds of questions to ask. The staff wasn't elected to Congress. These clowns were elected to Congress. So they're confessing to their own nitwittery, their own constituents. We are just so stupid, incompetent, and incapable, we need our staffers to ask the Attorney General questions. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. through this slowly so even low IQ Joe Scarborough and his low IQ wife Mika Brzezinski can understand. I want to do this slowly so all the phony legal analysts with very thin experience uh, uh, can, can comprehend what I'm saying. Number one, President never asserted privilege during the investigative phase of the so-called Russia collusion special counsel investigation. What does that mean? Virtually everything in volume two is available as a result of the president of the United States not asserting privilege against the prosecutors. They had access to anyone they wanted, including people in the White House counsel's office. That means he not only waived executive privilege, he waived attorney-client privilege. Waived it. Does that sound like somebody who's guilty of anything to you? He waived any assertion of privilege with respect to any single document. So 1.4 million documents, not pages of documents. 1.4 million documents were provided to the special counsel's office. Even though the president knew that Mueller was a partisan. I don't mean politically Republican, Democrat, a partisan against him. Even though he knew he hired a, a team of partisans, including Weissman, with his disreputable record, his unethical activities, and his known allegiance to Hillary Clinton, the president still gave them everything. Everything. Number two. The only person fired was Comey. Comey was fired for cause. Comey is a slimeball. Comey is a leaker. And the deputy attorney general at the time, Rod Rosenstein, recommended his removal. And, by the way, so did many Democrats before Trump actually removed him. We were told there'd be a Saturday Night Massacre, as in Watergate. There was no Saturday Night Massacre. Comey was replaced. 
Nobody at Justice was fired. Nobody at the FBI was fired. The entire senior level of the FBI, though, was wiped out by their own actions. They're either under criminal investigation or investigation by the inspector general. Sleaze balls all. And maybe worse. We also know that Mr. McCabe left an effort, led an effort, the deputy director of the FBI, to try and remove the president of the United States under the 25th Amendment. He failed. We also know Mr. Comey, Mr. McCabe et al. used the power of the FBI and the Department of Justice at his law enforcement and the very powerful tools they have to spy on the Trump campaign. And then later to try and undermine President-elect Trump and then President Trump. This we know, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. We also know the media have lied throughout for the last two years. And when you read my book, Unfreedom of the Press, it's there in detail. It's not the only thing. But the brief is laid out. And it is uh, simply not debatable. So actually, during the course of the investigation, the one person who has conducted himself in a very ethical way has been the President of the United States. Now, he didn't tell, as the Attorney General testified today, he didn't tell his White House counsel to fire Mueller to end the investigation, although the President says, I never told him to fire Mueller, period. But let's play along. He didn't tell his, special, his White House counsel to fire Mueller as a result of him wanting to end the investigation. He told him to fire Mueller or at least to tell the Deputy Attorney General to fire Mueller because he said Mueller was a partisan. He wasn't clean. He wasn't objective. If the President of the United States had actually succeeded at that, that would not be obstruction either. That would not be obstruction either. There's not a a specific, uh, specific intent to prevent the investigation. There's not a corrupt intent. Which is obvious from the other actions. This is why Mueller couldn't do a damn thing. He wanted to, but he couldn't. I want to continue this so we can explain step by step here. The next step. The report comes out. What did the president do or not do? What did the president do or not do? And does this ignore to his favor or not? I'll be right back. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S 
www.hillsdale.edu. Welcome to Hillsdale. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. There's some on the news side of these various cable networks who are very appalled by the Bill Barr letter. And they're condemning those who are not news people but have more honesty and integrity because they don't pretend to be news people as pushing a political agenda because they say, what is the big deal with the bar letter? Well, there is a big deal, you know. Well, what is it? There's nothing in there that's dishonest. Utterly illogical, these so-called news side of the news. They make no sense whatsoever. The full report's been released with 10% redactions, mostly in volume one. Everything's been laid out. Nobody's hidden anything. Nobody has spun anything, except, of course, the people who wrote the report and the so-called news side of these news platforms. And they're very thin-skinned. The news is destroying itself, and they become ever more obnoxious as they go down the tubes, and they don't even realize it. I'll tell you, when you look at the Fox News Channel, and I have just one hour on the Fox News Channel, it's not my main job, you look at the ratings on the Fox News Channel, you know where the strongest ratings are? On the opinion side. You know who gets the strongest ratings on the Fox News Channel? The morning show, Fox and Friends. You know who else? The 8 p.m. show, Tucker Carlson. The 9 p.m. show, Sean Hannity. The 10 p.m. show, Ingram. And there's others, too, that I'm sure I've, over, over, uh, I've missed. The 5 p.m. show, The Five. Those are the shows you want to watch. And it is the opinion side of these networks. It's not just Fox, but the rest of them. That carries the news side. Because at least the opinion side, and it's the same with talk radio. It's the same with conservative websites and so forth. They're honest. They're transparent about who they are. We're conservatives. We have an opinion. We support the president. Or when we disagree with the president, we'll say so and so forth and so on. And what's fascinating about all this as it turns out the opinion side has been more correct about the news than the so-called newsrooms and journalists for the last two years and yet they continue in their own arrogance there was no collusion so they move immediately to volume two you can see it all over cable tv the so-called news side There they are, obsessed with Volume 2. And because Volume 2 doesn't even deliver what they want, an obstruction charge, now they attack Barr and his letter. And they hold up Mueller's letter. Look, the Mueller letter. Look look at the Mueller letter. Mueller, Mueller, Mueller. But the people are too smart for the so-called journalists and newsrooms. They've had enough. They've had enough. That's why they're attracted to, for instance, the primetime lineup at Fox. That's why they're attracted to that line. They're not, they're not, they're not attracted to newsrooms. I mean, across the, the platform, newsrooms, whatever the platform. That continued to deceive them. There was no collusion. 
When it came to Kavanaugh, there was no gang rape. The president's right. He calls it fake news. In 1961, when Daniel Boorstin wrote his book, Pseudo-Events, Imaginations, you know, that's what he meant by fake news, pseudo-events. So much of what we get from these so-called journalists, newsrooms on the news side, are pseudo-events. Right now, you're dealing with a pseudo-event. They're angry at Barr because Barr got ahead of the narrative. Because he wasn't going to be played with. Because he saw what Mueller, what Mueller had planted. Mueller had planted a PR nuclear bomb to try and take out the President of the United States. And he said, hey, whoa, 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 that's not our job here. We're about law enforcement. We're about justice. And he says he took a look at all the various issues and... What's fascinating here for the journalists and the news side or whatever you want to call them, they seem to be upset that Barr didn't conclude that Trump should have been charged with obstruction. And yet the special counsel himself never explicitly said that, did he? No, he didn't. The news side, the journalists, the so-called newsrooms have been all but silent about Hillary Clinton and the DNC and the dossier and and the FISA court, and the involvement in the Russians by an f- ex-foreign spy from Britain. None of that interests them. Utterly incurious. The journalists, utterly incurious. This is one of the greatest failures of the press in modern times. One of the greatest examples a propaganda by the press in modern times. And so now, having failed, having failed to stop Trump, having failed to dislodge Trump, having failed in their collusion narrative, and they'll fail in their obstruction narrative despite what the House Democrats do, now they're at war with you. Now they're at war with you. Let me tell you a little secret. People used to watch CNN because it was purely a news operation. Now it is purely a propaganda operation. Now, why do I call it propaganda? Well, Mark, they have people who give their opinion because you cannot tell the news from the opinion on CNN or MSNBC. You don't know who's who. The genius at Fox is you pretty much do. And the opinion side, quote unquote, of Fox is under constant attack. Not the news side. The news side is built up by CNN and MSM. Hey, that Shep Smith is great. Hey, that Andrew DePaul, that one's great. You know what I'm talking about. It's all there on the Internet. You see it. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But the opinion side is under constant attack and boycotts. Carlson, Ingram, Hannity. The morning show is under constant attack. Because they want to take him out by so-called journalists out there and so-called newsrooms out there because they can't stand it. The day that Fox mimics MSNBC and CNN is the day it's over for them. And that's why Fox will never do that because the executives there are too smart. 
And yet their opinion side is knocked all the time. I will tell you this one more time. The opinion side has been more accurate about actual news than anybody else on television, period. If people are objective and honest about it, they'll know it. We could turn to our friends at the Media Research Center. I'm sure they tell you the same thing. And they monitor this stuff day in and day out. The fact is, they attack Bill Barr. The fact is, the media have misled the American people for several years. The media have given aid and comfort to the senior level of the FBI. It's now under criminal and or inspector general investigation. The media is complicit in this phony scandal. And now they're pushing pseudo-events, like the letter from Barr and the letter from Mueller and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Wow. Pseudo-events. And you're all supposed to be stopping in your tracks. Like Mueller's some kind of god. Mueller is a prosecutor who went unchallenged, who abused his power by speaking outside the courtroom, by issuing a report where a reply report isn't even provided for. And the media know it. (coughs) And the media know it. And so they dismiss people who disagree with them. That's part of what I write in Unfreedom of the Press. You either agree with them or they trash you. You're either part of what is basically a monopoly ideology or a mindset or a pack mentality or groupthink, or they trash you. If you join them, they celebrate you. They celebrate you. And this is part of the problem. Even some of them, not many, but a handful of them acknowledge there is no diversity in the newsrooms. None. No diversity. I'm not talking about race and religion and sex. I'm talking about what's between the ears. There's no diversity. But to me, that's secondary. There's no objectivity. So while they can accuse, for instance, the quote-unquote opinion side of Fox of not being objective, look look at them, they're pushing a political agenda. The fact is, those folks they are attacking are more honest than those who are attacking them. You know exactly where Carlson stands. You know exactly where Hannity stands. You know exactly where Ingram stands. You know exactly where these people stand. And the others, you know exactly where they stand too. But they call themselves news people. You can see it all over CNN, all over MSNBC. What's Jake Tapper? Is he a newsman or is he an opinion man? How about John King? That guy actually talks faster than Chris Matthews. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? What is John King? What is he? We can go down the list. I could even name some people I won't name. So neither they nor I will will get in trouble. But you know who they are. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. 
Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound, to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. So now the headlines. Barr defends his handling of the Mueller report. He's made the damn thing public. No, no, you don't understand. Barr defends the handling of the Mueller report because Mueller doesn't like the way he wrote his four-page letter. And Mueller doesn't like the way the media responded. And we all know that Mueller's God on earth because the media have told us that. He's not Ken Starr afterwards. No, he's Robert S. Mueller III. And Robert S. Mueller III, well... We know what a great noble man that is. That jackass wrote a 400-page report where he could have written a five-page report. That jackass hired a bunch of leftists on his staff. That jackass wants the impeachment of the President of the United States. Yes, it's my opinion. And it's fact at the same time. So now we're supposed to take down Barr, according to the media. We're supposed to take down anybody who's in the way. Meanwhile, look at the reprobates, Nadler and Schiff and Cummings and Pelosi and all the rest of them. Look at the reprobates abusing their authority with their subpoenas and their hearing gimmicks and all the rest of it. The same damn media that lied to you for two years about collusion. That same damn media that lied to you about Kavanaugh. The same damn media that promoted McCabe and Comey. The same damn media that gave a pass to Hillary Clinton in her emails. And the Hillary Clinton campaign in the dossier. And the Hillary Clinton and the Russians. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Interesting. That James Comey has an op-ed in the New York Times. Would that be the same New York Times to which he leaked information through that clown professor from Columbia? Would that be the same New York Times that ran a Third Reich-like cartoon, an anti-Semitic cartoon on Friday evening? That New York Times? Oh, wow. We all ought to be listening to the New York Times. The news side of the New York Times, of course. The journalistic side. What a farce. Now, I told you that unfreedom of the press, 
I told you that this book will be important, and it becomes more important as each day goes by. I really wish it were out right now, right this minute, but it's not. And I actually got my first hardcover copies of the book today. And we're in for a battle, ladies and gentlemen. This has gone right down to the wire throughout this presidency and beyond. This is your country. The freedom of the press belongs to you. The First Amendment and the Constitution, they belong to you. It's time that we re-educate ourselves. It's time that we learn these things. It's time that we embrace them and assert ourselves. And assert ourselves. We don't need these dim-witted partisans, these phonies, to be lecturing us day in and day out. And then when we criticize them, all of us are... Well, you know, we're the newsroom side of the house. And and not only that, uh, we believe in freedom of the press. And these other people, you know, we just dismiss them. No, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. Hope you'll get your copy immediately on freedom of the press at Amazon. Why are you hawking it, Mark? What do you mean? Why do you think I wrote it? To get it out there as much as I can, as fast as I can. I'm not done. I've only just begun. We look forward to your returning. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. All right, let's listen to what some of what happened today, since most of you actually work for a living and pay taxes and don't have time for this crap. But unfortunately, this crap is all over the place, and it affects our lives because these people want to control you through the government. Now, there are leaks out of Mueller's office, and the leaks are timed to do as much damage as possible to the attorney general and the administration. And we talked about this last night when they leaked on my watch here behind the microphone to the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. And I went into great detail about what they meant in hour three, why they were leaked when they were leaked. And we're not going to cover that ground again. But John Kennedy is a senator from Louisiana. And uh, during the hearing today, uh, he asked some questions that I would like answered, too. Cut two, go. And uh, it would seem to me that we all have a duty, if, if, if not to the American people, to the FBI, to find out why these investigations were started, who started them, and the evidence on which they were started. And I hope you will do that and you get ba- will get back to us. And there's another short way home here as well. All you've got to do is release, the president can, release all the documents that the FBI and the Justice Department pertaining to the 2016 election. Now, you can redact national security information, but just release them. Instead of us going through all this spin and innuendo and leaks and rumors, let's just let the American people see them. And the final point I'll make, when you're investigating leaks at the Department of Justice and the FBI, I hope you will include the Mueller team as well. 
Absolutely. This has been a bugaboo with me, as you folks know, since this uh, investigation began. And I believe uh, Andrew Weissman has been one of those uh, spearheading this effort. If I'm wrong, he can sue me. And then I'll conduct discovery and put him under oath. But I believe there's a lot of that that took place. And that's one of the reasons they are protected by the media. You know, the non-opinion side of cable network. Bill Barr, about leaks. Cut three, go. There have been a number of leaks coming out of the Justice Department FBI during high-profile investigations. The inspector general found that during the department's investigation of Hillary Clinton for mishandling highly classified information, there was a culture of unauthorized media contacts. During the Russian investigation, the leaks continued. Leaks undermined the ability of investigators to investigate. Further leaks to the papers while Congress's questions to the department go unanswered is unacceptable. Why? What are you doing to investigate unauthorized media contacts by the department and FBI officials during the Russian investigation? We have multiple criminal leak investigations underway. Mm-hmm. Good. Please do include Mueller in his operation. Mike Lee at the hearing today. Democrats and the media have spread baseless innuendo about Trump. Cut four. Go. Uh, time and time again, uh, the president's political adversaries have exploited the Mueller probe, its mere existence, uh, to spread baseless innuendo in an effort to undermine the legitimacy of the 2016 election and the effectiveness of this administration. For example, on January 25th, 2019, Speaker Nancy Pelosi asked, what does Putin have on the president politically, personally? or financially. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, is, is there any evidence to suggest that Vladimir Putin, quote-unquote, has something on President Trump? None that I'm aware of. On February 20th, 2019, former FBI du- Deputy Director Andrew McCabe said on national television to the entire nation that he thinks it's possible that Donald Trump is a Russian agent. Mr. Attorney General, is there any evidence that you're aware of that suggests even remotely that President Trump is a Russian agent? None that I'm aware of. Representative Eric Swalwell has repeatedly claimed that Donald Trump, quote, acts on Russia's behalf. Attorney General Barr, is there anything you're aware of to back that up by way of evidence? That the president acts on Russia's behalf? None that I'm aware of. So basically we've heard over and over again on national TV, in committee hearings on the House and Senate floor, uh, and in the media. And we, we've heard about the president's alleged collusion with Russia. Um, but what we have heard is as baseless as any conspiracy theory that we've seen in politics, any that I can think of. The only difference here is that the purveyors of this conspiracy were, in many cases, prominent members of the opposition party. That's concerning. Marsha Blackburn, in an exchange with the Attorney General. Cut five, go. And if there were evidence to warrant your recommendation for obstruction of justice charges against the president, do you believe the Mueller team would have found it? Uh, 
I, I think that they had an exhaust. They canvassed uh, the evidence exhaustively. On uh, they didn't reach a decision on it. But the question just been asking raises a point I wanted to say when Senator Hirono was talking, which is, it's you know, how did we get to the point here where the evidence is now that the president was falsely accused of colluding with the Russians and accused of being treasonous and accused of being a Russian agent, and the evidence now is that was without a basis, and two years of his administration. Uh, have been dominated by the allegations that have now been proven false. And, you know, to, to, to listen to some of the rhetoric, you would think that the Mueller report had found the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's why they're trying to destroy Bill Barr, because he's a force. Now, let's continue. Patrick Leahy who's been in the Senate way too long. Matter of fact, the moment he entered the Senate was way too long. Here he is at the hearing today. Go ahead. Cut 10. You said the president is fully cooperating with an investigation. But his attorney had told a defendant he'd be taken care of if he didn't cooperate with the investigation. Is there a conflict in that? I'm sorry, could you just repeat well, that? Well, Mr. Manafort and Mr. Cohen were told by Trump's personal attorney they'd be taken care of uh, if they uh, did not cooperate. You said that the president was fully cooperating. Is there a conflict there? Yes or no? No. <laughs> yes or no? I still insist this guy must enjoy a happy hour throughout the day, Mr. Producer. Just listen to him. It's not just his senior status. I mean, that, that's a slur a second. Go ahead. Do you think it's fully cooperating to instruct a former aide to tell the attorney general to unrecuse himself, shut down the investigation, and declare the president did nothing wrong? Uh, I don't think, uh, well, obviously, since I didn't find it... It was obstruction. I felt that it, the evidence could not support an I'm obstruction. Asking, is that fully cooperating? Yeah. I'm not asking if that's obstruction. Is that fully cooperating? Yeah, he fully cooperated. So by instructing a former why, 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 why this line of questions? Mueller didn't pull the trigger on obstruction, so the attorney general should? The insanity here is just incredible. And the reason Mueller didn't pull the trigger is because he couldn't. He couldn't make a case. So they can cherry pick this all they want, which is exactly why Mueller didn't pull the trigger, but wrote this report. He wrote this report because he knew how loathsome Leahy was and the Democrats in Congress. He knew that this would feed them, that this would get them excited, that they would use it. He knew that the news side of cable would be all over this stuff, chewing it up just as they've been all over two years of collusion. No collusion and no obstruction. I don't care what Mueller said. We can all look at the facts. Since when do we put all this faith in Mueller? Who cares what Mueller said? He didn't do anything. That's the bottom line. And the president did everything to be forthcoming in terms of providing information. All of this should never have even seen the light of day. That's how insignificant it is as a matter of law. 
That's why no prosecutor can conduct him or herself this way. They're not permitted to. Is the new side of cable even aware of this? Well, I don't really know. Go ahead. Until the attorney general unrecuse himself, shut down the investigation, and declare the president did nothing wrong, that's fully cooperating. Where is that in the report? That is on um, page, uh, volume two, page five. On June 19, 2017, the president dictated a message uh, for Lewandowski to yeah. deliver to Sessions. The message said the Sessions should publicly announce the notwithstanding his recusal from the Russian investigation. The investigation is very unfair to the president. The president did nothing wrong. Right. Okay, so. Cooperating. Well, f- firstly, asking Sessions to unrecuse himself, I, we do not think is obstruction. Let him finish, nothing. dummy. Let him finish. Go ahead. It's obstruction. He's cooperating. Well, I, I don't know if that declares the president did nothing wrong, although the president, in terms of collusion, did nothing wrong. Isn't that correct? Well, collusion is not a crime. It's the uh, obstructing. But is that fully cooperating to, to say that? Well, I don't see any conflict between that and fully cooperating with the investigation. And that's the bottom line, but they can't stop and they're not going to. And the media will join them. And the opinion side of the media, which has been right throughout, will continue to be right throughout. Sometimes opinions are correct. Sometimes opinions are based on actual news. Facts. All opinions aren't equal. And all news is not news, is it? Let's continue. Shelley Whitehouse of Rhode Island, this clown who tried to pin gang rape, gang rape on Kavanaugh. Of course, he was reelected in Rhode Island. To quote the late great Nancy Pelosi, you could put a D on a glass of water and they'd be elected there in Rhode Island. No offense, but it's true. Cut 11, go. You used the word spying. Yes, Mm -hmm. he did. Spying. Authorized. DOJ investigative activities. Are you talking about my testimony before the House Appropriations? Yes. In the entirety of your previous career in the Department of Justice, including as Attorney General, have you ever referred to authorized department investigative activities officially? Well, what kind of an idiot are you, White House? What kind of stupid question is this? Do you ever refer to this spying? So who cares? Now, notice White House is not interested in the fact of spying. He's interested in a semantical debate. Because he's a moron. Go ahead. As spying. I'm not asking for private conversation. I'm not going to abjure the use of the word spying. I think, uh, you know, my first job was in CIA, and I don't think the word spying has any pejorative connotation at all. To me, the question question is always whether or not it's authorized and and adequately predicated spying. Uh, I think spying is a good English word that, in fact, doesn't have synonyms because it is the broadest word uh, incorporating really all forms of covert intelligence collection. So I'm not going to back off the word spying, except I will say I'm not suggesting any pejorative. And I use it frequently when as the media. And listen, I asked, I asked you a question and I don't want you to finish. I'm just here to provide sound bites to cable TV and the networks. It only gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, when I return, when we return together. 
You'll see exactly what I mean. We'll be right back. Lovin. In the socialist paradise of Venezuela, if I may mention that, uh, where they have free health care, they have free college, everybody's equal. Three million people have fled. They're starving to death. They don't have toilet paper. They have no medicine. And they're rising up against the iron fist of the centralized, socialized paradise state. Uh, we now have a member running for Democrat nomination of president, Tulsi, whatever the hell her name is, Gabbard or something like that. Uh, and uh, she says we should be very careful about what we do in Venezuela. You know, we don't want to get caught up in a civil war. Now, I would like to tell this nitwit something. Ever hear the Monroe Doctrine? What goes on in our hemisphere is our business. That's been our position for a very, very long time. Very long time. Since Secretary Monroe was Secretary of State under James Madison. Hence the Monroe Doctrine. Every president, Democrat and Republican, at least prior to these ultra-modern times, has understood this. In Venezuela today are the Russians, the Chinese, the Cubans, and Hezbollah. In our hemisphere. And this ding-dong says that we really need to be very careful about what we do with Venezuela. Like the president's not going to be careful. The State Department's not going to be careful. The Defense Department's not going to be careful. What she really means is, even when the enemy is pretty much at our doorstep, turn your back. Turn your back. And by the way, that's not even underscoring the immorality and inhumanity of these leftists. When they see their fellow man struggling like this. Oh, well, you know. It's not our business. Now, if everyone in Venezuela was fleeing to America, then all of a sudden it would be our business, right? We should open the door, everybody gets in, and everything's hunky-dory. But the fact that they're struggling for their very existence in Venezuela apparently is none of our business. The insanity of the left just never ends. How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? Senator Maisie Hirano of Hawaii, a reprobate. Cut 12, go. Now the American people know that you are no different from Rudy Giuliani or Kellyanne Conway or any of the other people who sacrificed their once decent reputation for the grifter and liar who sits in the Oval Office. Just listen to this. This, this. Ugh. Just listen to what this clown has to say. A United States senator talking about a president and the president's staff. Talking about Rudy Giuliani and Kellyanne Conway and the president of the United States. A drifter and a liar who sits in the Oval Office. These people have sacrificed their once decent reputations. She sits there because she knows she's immune as a member of the Senate doing Senate business, quote-unquote, that she cannot be sued under our Constitution. She would never say these damnable things were she not protected. She is a lowlife, an absolute lowlife. 
and I'm not done with her. I'll be right back. Constitution you've got, or you just happy to see. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. I want you to uh, take a quick look at some outstanding free classes you can register to take at levinforhillsdale.com. There's not a lot of time left for you to register to take these particular free online courses from Hillsdale. If you've ever wished that you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work, or how to explain the differences between capitalism and socialism, you can learn these things for free, taught by the best professors. Hillsdale College, as a service to the country, offers you free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes, the core that teaches how to think critically and act virtuously. Just sign up. For one or more of Hillsdale's popular courses, it's absolutely free. And then start learning whenever you like. Visit levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, right now, and you'll be on your way to a rich and meaningful education. So the registration page will be up there for a little longer, but I know they're going to take it down soon. So register right now, and then you can watch the courses with you and your family whenever you want. LevinforHillsdale.com, LevinforHillsdale.com. Are you proud, Hawaii, of Maisie Hirono, who truly is a lowlife? And she's demonstrated that over and over and over again. An absolute lowlife. Oh, excuse me. She's honorable. She's a senator. Cut 12, go. Now the American people know that you are no different from Rudy Giuliani or Kellyanne Conway or any of the other people who sacrificed their once decent reputation for the grifter and liar who sits in the Oval Office. You once turned down a job offer from Donald Trump to represent him as his private attorney. At your confirmation hearing, you told Senator Feinstein that, quote, the job of attorney general is not the same as representing, end quote, the president. So you know the difference, but you've chosen to be the president's lawyer and side with him over the interest of the American people. And how exactly has he done that? He's issued the report with minimal redactions. Why? Because he hasn't charged the president? With obstruction? Mueller didn't even recommend that. So how exactly is the president's lawyer? How about the truth has finally prevailed? How about there was no collusion? How about there was no obstruction? How about the truth has finally prevailed? Despite the stack against this president at the senior level of the FBI, with these, these phony prosecutors in the special counsel's office, with the media and the Democrats and the rhinos like Romney, And still, they've nothing on this man. How about the truth? Go ahead. But now, we know more about your deep involvement in trying to cover up for Donald Trump. Being Attorney General of the United States is a sacred trust. You have betrayed that trust. America deserves better. You should resign. Cut. Listen to this fool. Cut 13. Go. The last question that I have in 17 seconds. Do you think it's okay for a president to offer pardons to people who don't testify against him to threaten the family of someone who does? Is that okay? Uh, 
what, when did he offer a pardon to someone? I think you know what I'm talking about. Please. What do you mean, please, please, Mr. Attorney General, you know, give us some credit for knowing what the hell is going on around here with you. Not really. To this line of questioning. So, we're gonna, we're gonna, listen, you slandered this man. Yeah, what I sort of want to know is how do we get how do we get to this point? Yeah. I do not think so that I'm slandering anyone. All I can say, Mr. Chairman, I am done. Thank you very and much. And you slandered this man from top to bottom. So if you want more of this, you're not going to get it. If you want to ask him questions, you can't. Certainly have your opinion. Thank you, Mr. Chair. What a low life. You know what, Ms. Hirono? Ms. Nobody? Let me tell you something. You're a drifter and a liar. You've sacrificed your reputation to your political cause, which is undermining this country and the presidency. You betrayed your sworn trust to the American people, the Constitution, and the country. America deserves better. You should resign, you reprobate. You should resign. And kudos to Lindsey Graham. This is completely out of control. Remember that other reprobate, Ted Lieu? Remember him? Remember him at the hearing? Oh, I remember him. Ted Lieu was on MSLSD today. He was on with Brian Williams. Brian Williams, who should never be sitting in any kind of a journalist chair. But there he is, because so much of journalism has become a pathetic joke. I'm talking about the news side, of course. Cut 14, go. On the upside, does the letter from Mueller, now that it's in public domain, explain a lot to you? Absolutely. Not only is the mere writing of the letter by Robert Mueller extraordinary, but Bill Barr... It's outrageous. It's not extraordinary, you idiot. Mueller had no reason to write volume two. None. He had no reason to write over 400 pages in a report. That was not compelled by anything. And then he writes a letter to Barr. He's upset about the way that Barr wrote his four-page letter and the way it's being twisted and received by the media. That would be the news side of cable and the news side of networks and the news out there. He's upset with them, who love him, of course. Go ahead. Actions are even more extraordinary. Not only did he mislead American people with a four-page summary, he gets this letter He didn't from mislead anybody with a four-page summary. And if Mueller doesn't like it, screw him. Moreover, the report is out. So this is all nothing more than absolute, complete nonsense. Go ahead. Telling him he mischaracterized the Mueller report. And then he goes before Congress twice and misleads American people again. And then he does a press conference misleading American people. All right, shut up, you idiot. Next idiot. And then we have uh, the media, of course, prodding him along on CBS John Dick, <clears throat> excuse me, John Dickerson with Adam Schiffless. Cut, you see the dance these clowns do? Cut 15, go. Did the Attorney General lie to Congress? 
Uh, I think his statement uh, is is deliberately false and misleading. And yes, most people would consider that to be a lie. Uh, he's a very smart man. He knew exactly what he was being asked by Congress, uh, and he knew his answer was false. Uh, so, look, there's no sugarcoating this. I think he should step down. Uh, it's hard, I think, for the country to have confidence in the top law enforcement official in the country. Now you can shut up too, you idiot. This guy leaks so bad, they want to force him to wear Depends. This guy's bad news. Now we have Brian Williams and Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace. There's now an item with Michael Schmidt, I think his name is, at the New York Times. I believe she left her husband. Maybe he left his wife, you know. Very moral people who always talk about morality. Over there at MSNBC, they're loaded with hosts like this from morning to night. And so now we have Brian Williams, a reprobate, and Nicole Wallace, a reprobate. But they're on the news side of MSLSD, of course. No political agenda. And uh, they take a break from the bar testimony to attack Senator Graham. Cut 16, go. No collusion, no coordination, no conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russian government regarding the 2016 election. You have to have specific intent to obstruct justice. If there's no underlying crime... We're reluctant to do this. We rarely do. But the chairman of the Judiciary Committee just said that Mueller found there was no collusion. That is not correct. Now, let me tell you something. This was a setup with these guys from the start. They knew Graham would say this. There's no collusion. In volume one, I would challenge Brian Williams. Did you read it? I read it. Did you read it, Brian Williams? Are you capable of reading that much? Nicole Wallace, I know she's not capable of reading. So now, look at this. They interrupt the testimony where you, the American people, or I guess an MSLSD case, the irregular Americans, not the regular Americans, are, are watching. And they interrupt. They say, wait a minute, he's wrong. We want to correct this. Go ahead. The report says collusion is not a thing they consider. It doesn't exist in federal code. And what's stunning is that Lindsey Graham is offering answers to So you see, ladies and gentlemen, collusion doesn't exist in the federal code. Then what the hell did you come up with the word, push the word, demand an investigation based on the word? Look how slippery these people are. The news side, I might add. We know what it means, collaboration, conspiracy. You didn't find any of that either, you dunderhead. Why are you still on TV? Why are you still doing the news? Shouldn't you be on helicopters in war zones playing pretend soldier, you jerk? Why should anybody believe you? How is it that nobody's permanently out of the news side of cable? Go ahead on the table today. The question on the table today, after the reporting last night, is why did Barr mischaracterize... Shut up, you fool. You absolute clown. This was a a Republican operative who used to work with uh, the McCain campaign. She found it to be more lucrative to jump ship to MSLSD. And these are the kind of Republicans they hire. These never-Trumper... It's like this idiot Michael Steele that once had had the uh, RNC. He's over there. He's another parrot. They're all parrots. Cut 17, go. 
or IRA, I think it's called, uh, began as early as two. Again, our intention uh, always is to bring as much of this uninterrupted to you as possible. Dick Durbin's coming up. Man, after. are you a stupid person? Their intention is. You see, this is the farm league for the farm league. MSLSD is a farm league. CNN is a farm league. For what? They all want to break in the network news. That's the truth. All these capable, they all want to break in the network news. But Brian Williams was in network news and he was demoted to MSLSD because he's a blithering idiot. And Nicole Wallace, wow, she's a Republican. She's a blithering idiot. All right. Speaking of, should we continue this? Let's continue after the break. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This Mother's Day, why not give the moms in your life the gift of better sleep? Now, a recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, which negatively impacts our day-to-day life, right? But mom can get the best sleep of her life on a brand new set of bowl and branch sheets. The softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to bowl and branch. The only sheets loved by three U.S. presidents. And let me tell you, we have several sets of these sheets. And they're not kidding. They're not kidding. They are absolutely the best. And all their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels, are made with naturally derived products at the highest level of craftsmanship, with attention to detail and quality through every step of the process. And every purchase comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. Whether you're giving them a gift or trying them yourself now is the perfect time to get bowl and branch for a limited time you can save 50 dollars off your first set of sheets so i want to strongly encourage you to get them now get them for mother's day there's a 30-day risk-free trial 30-day one-month risk-free trial you've got nothing to lose here's what i want you to do Go to BowlandBranch.com. It's spelled B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Make sure you use promo code MARK, promo code MARK, and you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets, okay? 30 days risk-free, $50 off your first set of sheets if you use my promo code. That's Bowl, B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code MARK, $50 off your first set of sheets, BowlandBranch.com, promo code MARK. I'm quite serious. What a great gift. And by the way, gift for yourself, too. And you're going to see the difference. It's a 30-day risk-free trial. You're going to see the difference. We have. There's a lot more to get into tonight, but I have to finish with this. Mika Brzezinski. Boy, her father, he was quite a... He would have enjoyed that cartoon in the New York Times, I think. But what do I know? And, of course, the morning schmo. Woody the Woodpecker here. Cut 18, Go. It's incredibly disturbing. This is the Attorney General of the United States of America. I have been wondering for months what is going on with him. Something doesn't seem right. And now we see it laid out and in black and white. And and to frame something really important that you said, Joe, uh, Robert Mueller put it to paper. He made it clear that there is something wrong going on here. Wow, that Robert Mueller is so courageous, ladies and gentlemen. He wrote a CYA. And yet he didn't even back up his own CYA. 
That's so, well, so courageous. Writes a 400-page report to say no collusion. That's right. Brian Williams. Low IQ Brian Williams. And then throws all this crap in volume two and never pulls the trigger. Wow, he's quite the man, this Robert Mueller. Go ahead. General, I'm not sure what his state of mind is or health. Oh, his state of mind. You see, something's wrong with his mind. Something wrong with Trump's mind. How about your little pea brain, Mika? How about your little, or better yet, Joe, the morning schmo, his little pea brain. Between the two of you, two peas in a pod. That's about it. Go ahead. At this point, but I think he understands what it means to get a letter like that. And yet still, he continued to mislead the American well, people. I, I, I just, just say really, really quickly, uh, I, I, Mika, this is, again, he is doing no service to his Don. He is not helping the president politically. He oversold what he had. It blew up in his face when the report came out. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump's poll numbers have Now, fall- this is one of the clowns. These are actually a, a, a dueling clowns, a bozo and a bozette. Bozo and bozette here for two years have been going on misleading their audience, deceiving their audience about collusion. This shoe's going to fall. This shoe's going to fall. Don Jr.'s going to be indicted, bringing on one loser after another, one fraud after another, to reinforce their propaganda. For two years, this has gone on, more than two years, on this crappy little no-rating show that's turned these two lightweights into multimillionaires. The news side, if you will, of MSLSD. You know, uh, you know, you know, Mika. Yeah, Joe, uh, Joe, Mika, Joe. But, you know, it wasn't always this way. Back in 1998, the media was strongly against impeachment. Strongly against. Now they keep pushing it. Here they were in 1998. Montage from Newsbusters. Cut 19. Go. The founding fathers must be turning in their graves that a president of the United States is vulnerable to impeachment for this. Is perjury in a case like this serious enough to warrant impeaching the president? If the Republicans want to go ahead and do this, I think they disgrace themselves in a more profound way than President Clinton has by Mm -hmm. abusing the machinery of impeachment. Is it worth overturning the will of the people in order to impeach him if the only thing you can prove is that he lied? Is there is there not some concern of the public perception that this is, in, in fact, a kind of effort at a, quote, coup. Ophelia Ariano says it reminds her of a coup in her native Guatemala. We like him. Uh, he's doing a good job. The Republican Party who dislike him and what he stands for, having been unable to beat him at the polls, have found another way to get him out of office. America wants Christmas carols uninterrupted by political scandal. They have robbed from you. Make no mistake about it. They have used a procedural device to steal from you. Your media, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham, who did a hell of a good job today. He is scheduled to be on the program at the bottom of this hour. So I hope you'll join us, join him. I want to get on to a few other things before uh, he does appear. Nick Salmon. Remember Nick Salmon, the Covington Catholic teenager? Remember how he was uh, defamed by various media outlets? And they have sued the Washington Compost. They have sued the Constipated News Network. Now they're suing NBC. Attorneys for Nicholas Salmon, writes the Washington Times, filed a $275 million lawsuit against NBC Universal over its coverage of the Kentucky teen accusing the network of creating a false narrative driven by its anti-Trump agenda. The lawsuit, the third filed by the Salmon attorneys against major media outlets, alleged that NBC targeted the Covington Catholic High School student in its reporting on his January 18 encounter with Native American activist Nathan Phillips at the Lincoln Memorial. Here's more example of unfreedom of the press. And by the way, this is an example that's in the book, too. NBC Universal created a false narrative by portraying the confrontation as a hate crime committed by Nicholas, said the complaint filed in U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Kentucky. The lawsuit alleged the teen was an easy target for NBC Universal to advance its anti-Trump agenda because he was a 16-year-old white Catholic student who had attended the Right to Life March that day and was wearing a MAGA cap at the time of the incident, which he had purchased earlier in the day as a souvenir. Sandman attorney L. Lynn Wood of Atlanta and Todd V. uh, McMurtry of Fort Mitchell, Kentucky, have also sued the Washington Post for $250 million and CNN for $275 million over their coverage of the episode. And I noticed at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, none of this came up. None of this came up. Because the news side of cable and the news side of our newspapers, you can't really tell the difference in many of these news outlets. Well, they're out to get people. The Post filed last month a motion to dismiss the lawsuit, arguing the newspaper's coverage of Nicholas was not only accurate, it was ultimately favorable to him. Wow, what a bunch of Svengali's. Liars, that is. And you remember the history, what took place there, how they were treated. Pretty outrageous. There was a great piece in the American Spectator by our buddy Professor Paul Kengor about Kate Smith and about Margaret Sanger says, I just got back from New York where I participated in a screening and discussion of Robert Orlando's outstanding new film documentary on Ronald Reagan and Pope John Paul II, titled The Divine Plan, held at the Sheen Center for Thought and Culture. The Sheen Center is named for the late great Bishop Fulton Sheen. It's an oasis in Manhattan, a few blocks from the wonderful Little Italy section, captured so vividly over the years by the beautiful work of Martin Scorsese. The Sheen Center is located at 18 Bleecker Street on the corner of Bleecker and Elizabeth. The marker on the base of the building has the year of construction, 1926, etched in stone with a cross. And he goes on. Sharing that same block abutting the Sheen Center is the original Planned Parenthood Center founded by Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger, 
The address is 26 Bleecker, where the clinic sits on the corner of Bleecker and the famous Mott Street. A sign informs passerby that this is Margaret Sanger Square. This was a haunt of Maggie back in the day when she would have rubbed shoulders with numerous Irish and Italian Catholics. Her mother had been a devout Irish Catholic, and if her mom had followed Margaret's fanatical obscience to birth control, Margaret might have never been born. Back in the day, Margaret also would have crossed paths with Dorothy Day, whose Catholic worker offices still sit right up the street. Today, Day's Catholic worker is not nearly as prolific as it was, but Sanger's Planned Parenthood is as prolific as ever. It leads America in not only contraceptives, but of course, abortions. They reportedly do abortions at the Planned Parenthood shop on Bleecker, with occasions of women being escorted out in wheelchairs because of botched procedures. I notice many African Americans in the neighborhood, as every liberal knows or should know, unborn black children are far more, far away disproportionate victims of Planned Parenthood's abortion business. Planned Parenthood clinics are almost always located in or near black communities. That visit to Bleecker got me thinking about the column I posted at the American Spectator last week on how New Yorkers, as well as people in Philadelphia, have banished Kate Smith's God Bless America because of the discovery of Kate having sung two songs that contain racial references that we today obviously consider offensive. He says, I find this ironic. Kate Smith's songs cannot begin to compare to the sheer offensiveness of what Margaret Sanger did racially. Sanger preached a gospel of race improvement, quote-unquote, and denounced what she called human weeds and morons and idiots and imbeciles and the dead weight of human waste. She took the message to some outrageous audiences. In May 1926, Sanger spoke to the woman's chapter of the KKK in Silver Lake, New Jersey, which she wrote about on pages 366 and 67 of her autobiography. Yes, the Ku Klux Klan. The founder of Planned Parenthood accepted an invitation to and spoke to the KKK. She was a smash hit. Do liberals complain about this today? No. Liberals revere Margaret Sanger. If there was a progressive Mount Rushmore, they'd have long ago chiseled Maggie's mug on the mountain. Hillary Clinton glows that she is in awe of Sanger. She said so in 2009 upon receiving Planned Parenthood's highest honor that year. It's coveted Margaret Sanger Award. Likewise effusive was Nancy Pelosi when she proudly accepted the award in 2014. Speaking to Planned Parenthood a year earlier, Barack Obama, America's first black president, hailed the organization founded by this racist eugenicist committed to creating a race of thoroughbreds, quote unquote, and purging America's, quote, race of degenerates, unquote. That phrase, creating a race of thoroughbreds, once beamed across the masthead of Sanger's birth control review. Writing in her birth control review in October 1921, Sanger celebrated, quote, Today eugenics is suggested by the most diverse minds as the most adequate and thorough avenue to the solution of racial, political, and social problems, unquote. She lamented, quote, the inferior classes, the fertility of the feeble-minded, the mentally defective, the poverty-stricken classes, unquote, and insisted that, quote, the most urgent problem today is how to limit and discourage the over-fertility of the mentally and physically defective. Oh, yes. Planned Parenthood, you didn't know, did you? 
But she is celebrated on the left. Kate Smith now is destroyed. Virginia. We're going to return to Charlottesville here, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wonderful town, the University of Virginia. have a wonderful medical school there. Virginia judge rules Charlottesville Confederate statutes are war monuments. CNN. Did you hear about this? And of course you didn't. A Virginia judge has ruled that statues of Confederate generals Robert E. Lee and Thomas J. Stonewall Jackson in Charlottesville are war memorials that the city cannot remove without permission from the state. In a nine-page ruling obtained from the University of Virginia School of Law website, Circuit Court Judge Richard E. Moore said neither the intentions of the people who erected the statues nor how they make people feel change the fact that the statues pay homage to the Civil War. They're war statues. Moore cited state code in his ruling that says it is illegal for municipalities to remove such monuments to war. Moore wrote, I find this conclusion inescapable. It is the very reason the statues have been complained about from the beginning. It does no good pretending they are something other than what they actually are. Don Gathers, the former chair of the city's Blue Ribbon Commission on Race, Memorials, and Public Spaces, said he disagreed with the judge's ruling because it re-traumatizes the city. Just because something's legal doesn't mean it's right or it's moral. I'm fearful what this has done is given the vile evilness that descended upon us in August of 2017 to come back. Is there any doubt that the judge is right? That these are war memorials? Is there any any doubt? No, there's not. The great Paul Bedard over at the Washington Examiner. This week's liberal media scream features a new attack on President Trump from MSNBC's Joe Scarborough show, this time blaming the president for inciting terrorism and anti-Semitism. Joe Scarborough on Monday's show blamed Trump and Attorney General Barr for the possible release from jail of Coast Guard Lieutenant Christopher Hassan, who was accused of plotting a domestic terror attack. But it is a federal judge who will hear and decide that request for release, not the president and not the attorney general. Joe Scarborough charged that Donald Trump and Attorney General Barr and the Trump Justice Department let him walk. Though Hanson is still behind bars, by the way. Scarborough offered a villainous reason. We're talking about the rise of white nationalism. And here's a guy that is planning to slaughter every one of Donald Trump's political rivals. Minutes later, guest Eddie Glaude Jr. of Princeton University added... There's an environment, a context that is allowing this stuff to metastasize. He zeroed in on Trump, talking about the sick idea of sanctuary cities, talking about immigration in Disneyland. So we have in some ways a president that is embracing a segment of the population that literally has the country by the throat, Joe. We have to do something about this or we're going to see even more die. And the Trump administration, Scarborough says, is doing nothing about it. This is a decision by a federal judge. This man has a lawyer. He wants to get his client out of jail. It's not the decision of the attorney general or the president of the United States. Look at the viciousness and the vile from Scarborough and his hack professor that he chooses. They hate. They hate. It's absolutely incredible. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
After a childhood full of unsuccessful attempts to pull the wool over mom's eyes, do you really think she won't be able to tell the difference between a last-minute Mother's Day gift and something truly thoughtful? This Mother's Day, don't settle for anything less than the biggest and brightest bouquets from 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get ahead of the Mother's Day rush with 1-800-Flowers' exclusive 30 for 30 offer, 30 assorted tulips for just $30. With a bright and beautiful mix of orange, yellow, and pink blooms, these assorted tulips are guaranteed to make her smile. Assorted tulips are the perfect way to surprise all the moms in your life, wife, sister, grandma, Tulips from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak from Premier Farms and shipped overnight to ensure freshness. 30 assorted tulips for only $30 is an amazing offer. But you have to hurry because it expires today. Hello? It expires today. Trust 1-800-Flowers to make mom feel love this Mother's Day. Order today from 1-800-Flowers.com, code LEVIN. The code is crucial, so you get the deal. To order 30 stunning assorted tulips for only $30, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code LEVIN. Order today and save at 1-800-Flowers.com, code LEVIN. Offer expires today. Now, we're the cleanup hitter here. I am. And the show's almost over, and midnight's almost here. you got to order now. And by the way, have you ordered your copy of Unfreedom of the Press yet? There's millions of you out there. You need to be armed with this book. We need to educate our colleagues, co-workers, family members, children, grandchildren. And this book reads like a novel, even though it's nonfiction. Even though it's about the history of the press, propaganda, pseudo-events, vis-a-vis news, has an enormous amount of useful insight in it, very, very readable. Have you pre-ordered your copy yet? You know, Chapter 6 is a complete takedown of the New York Times. So it's going to take all you Levinites out there to counter what they'll try to do to this book. I hope you'll be armed with this. It's heavily discounted. I believe it's 40% over at Amazon.com right now. Now, they change it. Sometimes they lower the discount. So the best discount I've seen so far is 40%, and that's what it is right now. But either way, either way, 30%, 40%, it's 16, 17, 18 bucks. Pre-order your copy, so by the time it's out, which is really less than three weeks away now, you'll have your copy. I now have the copy in my hands, my first one. I get a few early copies on Freedom of the Press. This is going to shake things up, but I need my Levinites, all of you loyal folks out there, Tea Party activists, Article 5 activists, Reaganites, conservatives, Trumpites, all of us. We need to unite. We need to unite. So please go to Amazon.com. Order your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. I think you're going to be very impressed with this book once you receive it. It's deeply discounted, so you can get it on the day it's released. And we're going to hit the ground running. And as I've told you before, we've got a fairly significant media blitz, oddly enough, that's going to take place. We'll see how the news side of these platforms react versus the opinion side of these platforms. 
We'll see who really wants to understand what's taking place here. This is a powerful, powerful force in our country. We talk about it every day, all the time. Unfreedom of the press. Unfreedom is a word. Unfreedom of the press. My friend Joel Pollack at Breitbart said, this is my best book. My friend David Brody at CBN, he's been reading it and he said, holy moly, I want to interview you for this book. My buddy Sean Hannity has has read part of it and he said, we have got to do a one-hour program on this book. I'm just telling you what they're saying. As the earlier galley copies have presented to a number of individuals out there, I think you're going to come to the same conclusion. Unfreedom of the Press, Amazon.com. You can head over there now, pre-order your copy. And by the way, sometimes they run out. I remember when Liberty and Tyranny came out, and it became a massive bestseller. And after a week... They ran out of books. And they said, two weeks for delivery. And I said, oh, good Lord, two weeks for delivery? Remember that, Mr. Producer? It was, it's like a killer. So it's sort of like the Reagan Library when I said, those of you who are in that area, you need to sign up immediately. And it's sold out in nine minutes and 30 seconds. That's the way it works. So don't be left behind. Jump in right now. As I said, uh, after the bottom of the hour break, uh, scheduled to come on the program is the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Lindsey Graham, who did a hell of a job. I don't think Lindsey Graham has ever been on this program. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Then, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Senator Lindsey Graham, how are you, sir? Good. How you doing, Mark? Good. I think this is the first time you've been on this show. I was due. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I know, I know I'm good not Hannity. If I, come on now. What? Good, good day to be on it. Yeah, you know what? You, you ran a hell of a committee today, and I was very proud of you and the Republicans for trying to focus on how the hell did all this get started in the first place. And you know what? They seem yeah. to still be focused, the Democrats, on collusion. They're trying to concoct obstruct. I have a couple of questions for you, Senator. You're the chairman of this committee. Why did Mueller and his office write over 200 pages on a matter they had no intention of charging? Yeah, I really don't understand. I mean, I've never heard a prosecutor say, I can't, uh, I don't have enough evidence to prosecute, but I can't exonerate. That's a political statement. You know, I've known Bob Mueller for 20 years. I thought he did a good job of investigating the case, but the obstruction stuff was bizarre. I don't think Barr understood what he was trying to say, too. You either have a case or you don't. And here's what the Democrats are saying. Attempted obstruction of justice with no underlying offense. Is ridiculous. I mean, it used to be that Trump worked with the Russians. He's a Russian agent. He's a stooge of the Russians. When that narrative fell apart, we're down to obstruction of justice. There is no underlying offense. And the president gave 1.4 million documents to the special counsel. A bunch of people testified voluntarily for the special counsel. President Trump, Mark, did not do anything to impede Mueller. 
In fact, in fact, you know, Senator, having been chief of staff to Attorney General Meese, having been involved in representing him during Iran-Contra, <clears throat> watching Watergate, I'm old enough to remember all these things. This is the only president in modern times who has not asserted privilege, and he could have asserted it twice, during the investigation and during the report period to Congress, and he didn't do it once. So here's the narrative. Good point. The Democrats want an outcome. They don't care how they get it. They don't care if Strzok and Page took the law in their own hands. They don't care if they abused the FISA warrant process. As long as you're trying to get Trump, it's a noble endeavor. They don't care that uh, the Mueller report said there was no collusion, no conspiracy. They want to keep going no matter what. Bipartisanship is to be nice to their people and watch us sit on the sidelines. Let us sit on the sidelines as they destroy our people. Bill Barr did a hell of a job today. I've never been more proud of it. You've been in the Senate how long now? 20 years. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, we've uh, that, I, well, Hold on. Now, that, that's what I want to ask you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, we're on the sidelines watching this thing. I, I watched the Kavanaugh hearings. I watched this. So what the hell is going on here? I, you know, I almost said it. I said, listen, guys. During, you know, uh, Holder came, Lynch came. Nothing was like this. I mean, there, you know, this uh, character assassination against the attorney general trying to destroy Brett Kavanaugh's life. I've known Brett for 20 years. I voted for Sotomayor and Kagan. I thought they were qualified. I could understand why a conservative wouldn't pick them, but it used to not be this way. Trump has created a new standard for Democrats. As long as you're trying to get him, nothing else really matters. And I'm sitting there today thinking... What has happened to the United States Senate? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. You look over there across the way at the United States House of Representatives, and uh, you can see what uh, one-party control does over there. I want to ask you about this. All these subpoenas, all these subpoenas for bank records on a president of the United States, all these subpoenas for tax records, all these subpoenas for communications with your own accountant. Senator, you've been there a while. I don't see Congress has any authority to be digging into somebody's personal information like this without any real oversight basis. Well, so, so that's the point. Our job is to oversee the executive branch. Their job is to destroy Trump, and they're going to use the tools of power to do that. They're going to destroy all things Trump. They're going to do what they did to Kavanaugh. They're going to accuse Bill Barr of being unethical when all he did was tell you what was in Mueller's report. You can read it for, for, for yourself. It's not enough to let Mueller do his job. It's not enough to give him the space to do his job. You've got to sit there and watch as they try to destroy Trump in the process, the House. The House is not performing oversight. This is political revenge. There's nothing they're doing that's providing oversight to the executive branch. They're out to get Trump because they don't want him to be president. And I don't think they believe they can't beat him based on policy, so they're going to try to ruin the guy's life. Let's let's circle back a second. As I was watching this hearing, and I have to be honest with you, it was tough watching uh, the senator from uh, Hawaii. I mean, that that was tough, and you and I felt you. But I think it says more about her than it does Bill Barr, so that's why I let it go. Well, you know what, though, you did deal with it. I mean, you can't cut them off completely. I did at the end. I said, "Okay, enough already. If you got a question, ask it." But you slandered the man from the top to bottom. He is a public servant's public servant. He's been around for. A long time, Bush 41, Attorney General, 
he didn't deserve this. Nobody deserves this. The point is that there's nothing in the Mueller report they can hang their hat on. Mueller exonerated the president in terms of working with the Russians. He didn't do it. The obstruction of justice theory, to me, is absurd, and that's why they didn't proceed on it. But but but, but I'm looking at this, and the, and the attacks on Barr. Do you have the report, Senator? You have yeah. the report. The country has the report. The, virtually none of it's redacted. He didn't have to give the report to anybody. Nobody claimed privilege. And now we're talking about letters. These are pseudo-events. They're non-events. They're, they're, they're just issues that are used to try and create hysteria. I've got to be on your show more because you nailed it. This letter, here's what I think happened. Um, Mueller gives his report to Barr. Instead of waiting forever, Barr releases a summary of the main con- con- conclusions. You know, Mueller's getting beat up because he didn't tag Trump. His people get nervous. Well, you need to tell them the nuances of obstruction. He never suggested that Barr misled the public about his con- con- conclusions on obstruction and uh, conspiracy. So this is much to do about nothing. The summaries that Mueller wanted the public to see are actually in the report. This report is amazingly transparent. There wouldn't even be a volume two if the president of the United States had said, no, you know what, you don't get to talk to my people and we're not giving you any documents. There would be no volume two. That's probably what I would have told him to do because what what Nadler is doing is not it's not oversight of the executive branch. They're just trying to destroy Trump. And, you know, if you see the polling here, once it was pretty clear to everybody that there was no conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia, everybody's willing to move on. Only the hardest of the hard want to keep doing this. And the media's got a real black eye here. I mean, you got Washington Post, you got MSNBC, CNN, all these outlets were reporting breathlessly about the next shoot a drop regarding Trump and Russia, and it all turned out to be nothing. And yet, Senator, the media is not circumspect. The media doesn't police itself. It just keeps going on and on, doesn't it? It does. And I think, Mark, what's driven here is it's just an insane desire to turn everything Trump does into bad. And, you know, I hate to say it, but they clearly have an agenda when it comes to President Trump. And nobody seems to care, other than me and you and a few other Republicans, that the people investigating Hillary Clinton hated Trump's guts. Uh, gave her a pass, got a FISA warrant against an American citizen based on a bunch of garbage that probably came from Russia. Obstruction of justice, classic, is taking a hammer to a phone and bleach, bleaching a, a server so nobody can read the emails. That happened on their side, and not one Democrat seems to care. No, but it's good that you're chairing that committee and uh, you're focused like a laser on this, and I thought it was very, very good to remind the American people about. And, and I'll never understand how Mr. Mueller can expand his investigation into tax fraud, wire fraud, prostitutes in Manhattan, 13 countries, and somehow he missed this entire other side of the, uh, of, of the matter. Well, I, I think, again, that's a good point. I mean, uh, two and a half years, two years plus, $25 million, 40 FBI agents, 500 witnesses interviewed, on and on and on, 440-page report, and um, they didn't get the answer they wanted, so it will never be enough. The other side basically got away with political manipulation beyond belief. The people running the Clinton email investigation 
wanted uh, Trump to lose and Clinton to win. That's why they didn't indict her because you can't indict her and and you know and Trump lose. So bottom line is we're going to look at the other stuff for the good of the country, make sure it never happens again. But Bill Barr acquitted himself well. Mr. Mueller did a good job for the country. And we're moving on to my Democratic colleagues. Why don't you want to call McGann and Mueller? I've heard all I want to hear. Read the report for yourself. We're not going to retry the case. We're moving on. Senator, we appreciate it, and we'll uh, talk again sometime. We'll do it. Thanks. All right. Take care of yourself. I thought he ran a very good hearing today. Didn't you, didn't you Rich? You're very good, and he, he had some uh, very nasty people there, particularly this one from, Ohio, from uh, Hawaii. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Our buddies at the Media Research Center want me to let you know something. There are really just a handful of conservative organizations out there that are having a measurable impact on our country. And one of them, of course, is the Media Research Center. Over 30 years, my buddy Brent Bozell and his team have been not only making claims of rampant media bias, but proving it. And they have a massive archive of news coverage that goes back decades. So they don't just bring opinions to the discussion, they bring facts. They're like the news side of cable, if you will. For instance, you've probably heard that 90% of the uh, news networks uh, covering Trump have been negative since he took office. That was the MRC that calculated that. When they put out a number, it's ironclad. I can't say enough about the MRC, Media Research Center, and what they do for us. So I want you to do me a favor, and do yourself a favor. I want you to go to MRCSticker.com, MRCSticker.com right now to get a free bumper sticker. Help spread the word about the MRC's efforts to expose media bias. They have some great stickers to choose from, including my favorite, Don't Believe the Liberal Media. Go to MRCSticker.com. Get your free bumper sticker from the MRC today. Again, that's MRCSticker.com. Don't forget to go to Amazon.com. Before you go to bed tonight, let's see how we do this. Let's have a a mini Levin surge over there at Amazon.com. Unfreedom of the press. Pre-order your copy. It's well discounted. And you won't be disappointed. That I can tell you. Let's take a few calls. I don't believe we've taken any calls today. Mike, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the great WSKY country. Go. Hey, Mark. Thanks so much for taking my call. You um, got it. I wanted to just start off first and saying here's my theory with you come to the media. You and I, Lindsey Graham, must have uh, been digging in my brain or something because I was <laughs> thinking the exact same thing. But please don't do that. But <laughs> anyway, so my, my theory is this. Trump made Donald Trump made the media look like a bunch of fools because mm-hmm. they did not expect to project him to win. And I've never heard any media outlet, major one like MSNBC or CNN, admit that they were wrong about the 2016 projection. Mm-hmm. So what's going to end up happening now is you see this hyper-aggressive media that's trying to say, look, we were right, but Donald Trump cheated some type of way. We don't know, but mm-hmm. we're going to find that type of way. Um, so that's that's why you see this hyper-aggressive media. I, I was speaking to your uh, producer, but I wanted to talk to you directly. I don't understand how we haven't really pushed the issue about the media's relationship with the Democrat Party. 
we get so focused oh, on Oh, you're going you're gonna to see a whole section of that in Unfreedom of the Press. But go right ahead. <laughs> hey, look, well, you know what? That's you picking, my, picking in my brain again. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh, actually, I'm just a big fan of listening to you. Thank you. But um, it's, just, it's just weird because, you know, when we had the WikiLeaks, we discovered that CNN really uh, gave Hillary Clinton pre-scripted questions to their debate. Mm-hmm. She still lost the debate. But she had the pre-scripted questions from a major news network. Um, then we CNN. also learned that, the, yeah, CNN. Remember when Donna Brazile oh, gave yeah. Hillary Clinton the question? Then mm-hmm. we also had the New York Times and the Washington Post on conference call with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. This is all released from WikiLeaks, where mm-hmm. she's basically telling them what to say in regards to the Bernie Sanders campaign. So we have a media who is fixed against uh, not only the president but also the president's support base, because they call us Trump supporters. We're not voters. We're Trump supporters. We're low-educated uh, individuals. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty smart, and you are as well, too. But they try to fix it where something has to be wrong with us. And so I don't understand. Do you know whether or not Congress, with Lizzie Graham, and I hope he's listening or one of his staffers are listening, if they can look into the media's relationship in that way, and Lindsey Graham makes a great point about Hillary Clinton uh, whitewashing her her phone or whatever, but I have a problem with Lindsey Graham and the, and the Republicans as well, too, uh, Mark, and that's, if we know Hillary Clinton committed a crime, let's be objective enough, why is she not punished for that crime? I've listened to lock her up for two years. Well, the, pro- the problem is, I mean, you got to lay the uh, predicate, as the word goes, and... Um, at, I don't even know if the statute of limitations has even uh, expired, although I'm not, I, I would doubt it. So they would have to do that. And uh, so that would be up to the Department of Justice. And uh, well, and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, for the sake of fairness, there are a lot of people who commit the same crimes that Hillary Clinton did and they go to go to prison for it so i just don't want that to be a campaign slogan from donald trump i actually want to see something all right now listen i'm gonna go don't get mad at me mike you call again i appreciate it i really do good call but i have to get this in from the hill cnn sees ratings swoon in april in other words they're collapsing CNN's primetime ratings dropped a whopping 26 percent in april compared to last year According to Nielsen Media Research, and by the way, this is despite the fact that they have a monopoly in our airports, and somebody needs to get to the bottom of that. MSNBC's ratings were down 14% in April 2019 compared to April 2018, while Fox News' ratings overall were flat, and yet they're massive. The sharp decrease for CNN marked its lowest rated month in total viewers since October 2015. In the 25 to 54-year-old demographic that advertisers covet was the network's least watched month since August 2015. Let me ask you a question. We have by far the biggest show on cable, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. In fact, last week our show was so big, I think it was the highest rated or the second highest rated show on Fox for the whole day. So we beat CNN and MSNBC combined. And sometimes you can throw the Food Network and HGTV in there, which I love, by the way. And isn't it interesting? We get no publicity whatsoever, Mr. Producer. Nothing. Not on our favorite websites. Not on our favorite news out. Nothing. 
And not because of me, because of you. You're the viewers. I mean, if I'm there and you're not watching, then really I'm not there, am I? So CNN is dropping off the table. They're so bad. MSNBC was down significantly as well. And I, and I suspect most of that's due to Scarborough and Brzezinski. Or Brzezinski and Scarborough, another BS. That would be Brzezinski and Scarborough. These are tough times. I know they're frustrating. I know they create anxiety. I know the injustice of what you're seeing just drives you up the wall. It does me too. That's why we're here together every weeknight here on my radio show. And I want to thank you. I am blessed that you're in the audience here. Just keep in mind, you're not alone. There's tens of millions of us. And we come here every evening at our massive town hall meeting. God bless each and every one of you, all of our heroes out there. And I will see you tomorrow.